The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. Nine in a row for the surging Royals. The longest winning streak since June of 2014. And how about 32 straight scoreless innings from the bullpen? The longest streak since ever. The longest in club history. 32 innings in a row of scoreless. Helps Casey keep it rolling in a night where their bats just never came alive. But just enough thanks to the pitching. one nothing KC over the Marlins in game one of three and game one of a road trip in which the Royals must bottom out at three and three and realistically go four and two if they're going to get where they need to get. It's Davo and I'm glad you're along for another edition of Your Dish on Clubhouse Conversation. By the way, this will be the last dish until the Yankee series at home early next week as I will be leaving and traveling to Boston to join the team for the Red Sox Royal Series out at Fenway Park and will not have much access while I am out there. So this will be it until Monday as far as dishes go. But lots to dig into here. We're going to talk about this road trip, including the next two games against the Marlins, how they shape up, what the Royals must do on this road trip, a little more about that. And we'll start with tonight's game and our player of the game, which is one, Jordano Ventura, who is now taking a page out of Danny Duffy's book. You know, anything you can do, I can do better. You're going to turn the corner, I'm going to turn the corner. Ventura, as competitive as they come, and just a great August so far. A 2.03 ERA now for Giordano Ventura in the month of August as he throws six innings of shutout baseball tonight, scatters six hits, strikes out six, walks one. And I've been saying for a long time with Ventura, the key is missing bats A and not walking guys B. And he has been on a roll with that in recent times in the month of August with a 2.03 ERA. Strikes out six, like I said. Walks only one and got the job done as Ventura is able to improve to 9-9 nine and nine with a 4-2-7 ERA in case you're one of the old school folk who still like those mostly useless stats according to the new age guys. But however you look at it, Ventura is pitching a lot better in the month of August and certainly is a huge part of this big Royals turnaround, right? I mean, you go back and look at the rotation in the month of July, it was not good. It was a fire pit. You know, Ian Kennedy hadn't been turning it around until the very end of that month. Ventura had struggled the entire month. Volquez, who can forget that Houston outing, amongst others, got lit up like a Christmas tree that month. You had the number five starter as an open door. Brian Flynn even got a start. Didn't, you know, do real great in that one. G, so on and so forth. So it was good to see, you know, Danny Duffy was the only guy in the month of July who did much. Now, all of a sudden, the Royal starting rotation just keeps putting great start after great start, quality start after quality start, and they're going to need another one tomorrow night in a big way to defeat Jose Fernandez and the Marlins. More on that coming up in a little bit. But Yodano Ventura, velocity, how about that tonight? Touching 99 on several occasions. The stuff was fantastic, sitting mid to upper 90s, and that, I call it a 1-7 to seven breaking ball with him sometimes, when it's really working, more of a 12-6. to six. A 1-7 to seven from Ventura tonight was just filthy. And so was the rest of the bullpen. Let's not only focus on Ventura. Let's talk about the team record like we talked about at the top, 32 innings in a row of scoreless ball for the Royals. Hopefully they can continue to extend that for quite some time. Matt Strom, the flavor of the week and flavor of the month, and you can see why. He's now struck out 17 hitters in nine and a third innings. That's nearly two Ks per inning for Matt Strom. That's nuts. For a guy who, you know, threw 78 as a junior in high school, 
barely hit 80 as a senior, you know, went to a community college, you know, University of Nebraska offered him a scholarship. What a great story. If you've never checked out his interview here on clubhouseconversation.com, there's two of them, actually. There's one I did about three weeks ago, and there's one I did uh, last year. So make sure you go back and listen in the archives to the Matt Strom interview if you click on current Royal interviews here at clubhouseconversation.com. What a neat kid and a, and a guy you'll want to get to know because a guy that I hopefully can, you know, help you know, stabilize the back end of that rotation next year going forward. A guy with huge upside. And will the stuff and velocity come down at here when he goes back and extends to four, five, six, seven innings? Probably. But for now, you know, what a what a shot in the arm he's given this Royals bullpen. You lose Luke Hochaver, and luckily you've got a guy like Matt Strom to step in and do the job, and Peter Moylan, who's done a great job as well in recent times. But yeah, Strom, a scoreless inning. One hit, two Ks. That's what he does. How about Joaquin Soria? Not getting much credit, but he now has quietly nine straight scoreless outings for Soria after his inning, which didn't start off the best way. A leadoff walk to Martin Prado, but then Soria able to get the next three, including a K for his ninth straight scoreless outing. Kelvin Herrera, one, two, three with a K for his eighth save. The Royals pitching, both starting and bullpen, is just getting the job done. It's fun. And this is, of course, how you have winning streaks, because the Royals offensively still, quite honestly, aren't clicking on all cylinders yet. And that's good news, right? I mean, it's bad news in that you've dug a hole and you're just now almost back to even footing. But it's going to take a 4-2 and two trip, in my book, to get you back to even footing. There's still a slight hole the Royals have dug. Still a lot of work, but the amazing thing is how much the Royals have already made up ground as we do this tonight. Cleveland is losing 3-0. The Royals could gain a game on Cleveland, be 7.5 back, I believe it would be. You know, and somebody made a good point the other day. The Royals do get Cleveland the final three games of the year at the K. So the Royals somehow get this within three, can whittle this down four and a half games, the next 35 to 38 games, whatever it is, 34 games. Never know. Get within three going into that final weekend, and that's not even counting the wild card. Baltimore did win tonight, so the Royals remain four back of them, but should gain some games on other teams, including Houston, who did lose tonight. So just a nice night for the Royals and a nice stretch for the Royals. And the pitching, of course, deserves 80% of the credit. We've seen the defense make a, a nice surge. Credit to Nettie Oston company for moving Lorenzo Kane to right field since coming off the DL. Paulo Orlando playing out of his mind defense in center field. For a guy who I have gone on record over and over, and I will stay on record as saying he was below average in right field defensively, no doubt he is above average in center with quite the arm out there. Six outfield assists, runs down anything in the gaps. It's like night and day difference seeing Paulo Orlando in center. That is his natural spot. So, you know, a big tip of the captain Ned and company for for doing that, for putting Lorenzo Cain and Wright trying to save his legs for giving Paul Orlando a chance to fly. Pardon the pun out there in center field and, and sticking with guys like Alex Gordon. And, you know, he's only pinch hit for Raul Mondesi once has Ned in a key situation, which is good because we saw him over and over back in this stressful and, and you know, tough 2012, 2011. You saw Alcides Escobar hitting all the time when he was barely hitting 200. He would, he would never get pinch hit for in game situations. And Ned would say, he's going to have to deliver someday. He's going to deliver. I'm going to leave him in there, and he's going to start producing. And he did. So nice to see him, for the most part, other than that one occasion sticking with Mondesi. A lot of credit, you know, to be doled out, not only to the front office, but to the field staff, including Ned Yost and company, for the Royals. Now, Offensively, while we're talking about that, there was two balls stung tonight by Mondesi. He didn't have much to show for, but did sting two balls to left center of the warning track. That was nice to see. Overall, though, not impressive. You know, you're going against Andrew Kashner, 
Mr. 4.73 ERA at the conclusion of this one. ERA of nearly five coming in, and that's in two of the better pitching parks in baseball in Miami and San Diego and in the National League where there's no DH. A guy who would have a well over five ERA, well over five ERA in the American League, and the Royals just couldn't do anything against him. Just one run off of him in six innings, and thankfully Lorenzo Cain delivered that for the Royals. His 52nd RBI scoring, Paulo Orlando. Uh, Kane's the only Royal with two hits tonight. Paulo did get on base twice with a hit and a walk. Also stole a bag tonight. A hit for Gordon continues to hit the ball uh, much better. And, and just, you know, we, we talk about all the time how certain things will put a Band-Aid on other things. When, when you're really clicking, you know, on two or three facets of your game, It'll band-aid and, and, you know, put some makeup on a pig. You know, like, for example, we talked about early in the year, you know, the Royals weren't scoring runs and it made the pitching. When somebody would give up three or four runs, you'd say, man, he's got to do better. I can't believe Kennedy gave up that home run. Well, he only gave up three runs in six and two-thirds, but he lost 3-1 or 3-2. Or, you know, the bullpen blows a game when they give up one run in four innings. We saw some of that earlier in the year, and you blame the bullpen. But, you know, when something is going really strong, when you throw 32 straight scoreless frames up there from your bullpen, when your starting rotation, you know, turns into the Atlanta Braves of the mid '90s, early '90s, <laughs> which the Royals have done in recent days, it'll mask some of your issues with hitting. You know, and it was good early in the year, and the Royals still lost some games. Like I said, three to one, four to two. Now it's great though; it's gone from good to great. The Royals are routinely giving up none, one, two. You know. Even though the Royals necessarily aren't scoring a lot of runs, they're still not clicking offensively. There's still several guys in that lineup who have really yet to put it together. You know, especially in recent days. Now Gordon is starting to really swing the bat, but now Salvi is kind of in a bit of a tailspin recently. The last three weeks, and you got, you know, Lorenzo Cain's hitting a little bit better, and obviously he's been hurt and is trying to get his timing back and trying to get back to 100. percent But we haven't seen full blown low Cain yet. He's getting better. You can tell he's close. Hosmer, of course, had a couple of home runs in the last week. Before that, it only had two since July 5th in that three week stretch. So you go up and down. Morales was white hot for about two weeks there, and then did nothing. So there's just several places up and down that lineup, right? Escobar starting to swing the bat better, much better. So they're coming alive, but there's, I guess that's the bad news, and that's also the good news. I think there's still uh, some growth left for the Royals' offense, and obviously the pitching's not going to be able to be this perfect forever. The bullpen's going to give up some runs probably as soon as tomorrow night. But it, you know, it, but it's been quite the stretch, and there's no reason they can't be damn good from here on out when you've got a guy like Matt Strom helping to stabilize the bullpen. Joaquin Soria, the nine straight scoreless outings. Moylan's did a nice job out of that Royals pen. Hopefully you get Wade Davis back, who threw, uh, what, a rehab today in the Arizona League. Hopefully he's back in 10 days. So you have some nice reinforcements coming back for the Royals. And, you know, one down, five to go on this road trip. We said coming in, three and three was the bottom. You had to go three and three if you're going to stay in this. Realistically, you've got to go four and two. You, you just got you've got to play close to 700 ball, probably about 660 ball, 650 ball the rest of the way. The Royals have been on such a roll now that they've reduced it from playing like 690 ball down to like 640, 650. I'll get the calculator out, but probably need to basically just win about two out of three from here on out to make the playoffs. But uh, on a road trip like this, you know, you, you while you're white hot, while you're winning games and everything's going your way, you want to just keep stacking up those wins, putting those wins, stashing them away in the, in the win column because there'll be a cloudy and rainy day. There'll be a day when you lose a series. You can't get swept. That's a key. When you lose a series, you can probably lose two more series this year. 
the way I look at it, maybe three, two or three max. But you can't get swept in any of those series, or it really puts you back big time because you just don't have the margin for error. Now, the Royals, if they can keep this up and go four and two on this road trip, well, then we got something really interesting going. A four and two road trip is going to make things very interesting. The Royals, I would imagine, come home then within five and a half or six games of Cleveland at that, at that point if they do that. You probably gain at least another game in a wild card if you do that. You'd be you know, in a pretty interesting situation if you get Miami and Boston out of the way. Uh, definitely the hardest road trip the Royals have left. Get these two series out of the way and be that close. Then things start getting interesting with two series left against the Twins. And you got a couple against Cleveland. You got the White Sox still. You got some winnable series and some series where you can still gain some ground. You got the Yankees coming in next week for a Monday starting on series, you know, at the K. And that's a, a, a team that you're kind of going against. A team that kind of packed it up but it still hung around and stayed in it. And by the way, speaking of the Yankees, is Gary Sanchez the second coming of Mickey Mantle? Have you looked at Gary Sanchez's? Stats. I think he has, is it seven home runs and like 60 at-bats or something? Who is this guy? I mean, it's sample size, but the guy's hitting the ball in the ballpark like every at-bat. Who's this Gary Sanchez guy? Look him up if you get a chance. The top young prospect catching uh, for the Yankees as they play Brian McCann less. So guys like him are helping the Yankees get the shot in the arm, just like guys like Strom and some other guys that have come up are doing the same thing for the Royals. But back on track. I think the Royals need to go, like I said, 4-2 and two or 3-3. Three and three. You get this first one out of the way, it's great. You really need to split the next two in Miami. You want to get two of these games in Miami. You do not want to go into Boston having to win that series. You want that to be one of the two or three series you can lose and not get swept. You want that margin for error there. But if you lose two out of three in Miami, you've got to win at least two in Boston. You cannot come home with less than a three and three road trip at this point. You really need a four and two. So you, no matter how you look at it, you've got to split these next two in Miami. Now let's look at it. Tomorrow night, Dylan G, Jose Fernandez. On paper, this is if you're a better in Vegas, this is kind of like a minus 300 game where the Marlins are probably huge favorites tomorrow night. And it's laughable on paper, right? If you just look at the names... Dylan G, 5 and 6, 4 5 2. Jose Fernandez, 12 and 7, 305. You laugh and say, that's a win for the Marlins. But the two pitchers have been going in opposite ways lately. And I acknowledge that G's last two starts have come against the Minnesota Twins. However, the Twins have also been the biggest scoring team in the American League uh, going into last weekend, at least, and the second half of the season. So the Twins have not been a joke offensively. Their defense has been awful. Their pitching has left a lot to be desired. But the offense has been scoring runs for the Twins. So G shutting them down is not the most impressive thing in the world, but it's also not completely overrated. Seven innings last time against Minnesota. One run on five hits with seven Ks. Now, if you want to look at matchups against him, D. Gordon, who's back in that leadoff spot, Tom Gordon's son, got on base three times tonight. He's four out of ten against him. Marcelo Zuna, prayers to him. Hopefully it's just his child being born and no medical emergency as he left in the middle of the game for a family emergency. He's five for 15. Hopefully the baby is healthy and great, and Ozuna wants to spend a couple of days with it. Take the maternity list. That would be fantastic. Enjoy that healthy baby, and we'll see you, you know, over the weekend, whoever you play next, because he's a stud. A guy that Barry Bonds has worked with big time this year, Marcelo Zuna. Martin Prado, 241 lifetime against Dylan G. Christian Yelich, another stud. Lefty, the number three hitter in that lineup, is just one for nine. So Dylan G has been pitching a lot better. Now, Jose Fernandez, meanwhile, the guy who we laugh at on paper and say he's going to smoke the Royals. They won't hit him, and the Marlins will light up Dylan G. It's a huge mismatch. That's probably true more times than not. And on paper, and what will probably happen, yes, you're probably right, that probably will happen where the Marlins win tomorrow fairly comfortably. But Jose Fernandez is in the middle of the worst stretch of his career. He's lost three in a row. 
The Marlins have lost four in a row when he starts. Do you want some numbers to back that up? 6.00 ERA. Six even ERA since July 28th. Again, small sample size noted, but this is Jose Fernandez who never has stretches like this. He comes off five runs allowed in four innings against Cincinnati. No Royal has seen him more than three ABs. I'll go ahead and say Fernandez and the Marlins probably get a 6-2, to 5-1, to 5-2 to two type victory tomorrow night. The Marlins probably get the win tomorrow, and that makes Thursday an absolutely huge game because it's a game that is very winnable. And, you know, Tom Kohler has been white hot as well. That's the second time I've used white hot in this in this dish. That's a rare phrase. I never use that much. But Tom Kohler comes into this game with a 9-8-3-8-2 ERA. Let's talk about him, though. Because since the All-Star break, Kohler, an ERA of 1.62 with 39 innings, 30 Ks. Not a guy that's typically going to miss bats is Tom Kohler. Right-hander, not a strikeout pitcher. Only five Royals have even seen him. Nobody has more than three ABs. But with that said, a 3.82 to me is a 4.3 in the American League. Volquez is a 5.04. It would be about a 4.3 if he wouldn't have given up 75,000 runs against the Astros in that one-plus inning disaster in that Friday night at Kauffman Stadium. But even so, Volquez has not been good. He comes off a disappointing outing where he couldn't get the Royals the range-shortened win when they had the 4-1 lead over the Twins going into the fifth, gives up three runs and four and a third, doesn't even get out of that inning. And that continues a bad string. His last seven, Volquez a 5.58. Last 15, a 6.08. Has not been good. So this is the kind of matchup that if you look at recent trends, you probably would take the Marlins in. But I just keep feeling, I mean, Volquez, the velocity maybe isn't quite there in recent starts. I just keep feeling Volquez is about to turn it around. I just have a feeling he's got more in the tank. I don't think he's done yet. He's pitching for a contract. I, I just feel like there's more there from him. I do. And we saw him so effective early in the year, too, and obviously all of last year, including the postseason. I think he steps it up, has a nice game on Thursday. The Royals sneak out a win and get two out of three in Miami when they're six straight series. The Royals get a series win in Miami, and then, wow, how big will this Boston series be? It's going to be big either way at this point because no matter what, you've at least made this road trip salvageable or good no matter what because you've won one game in Miami. Worst case, you come in one and two, you can still make it a great road trip with a sweep in Boston or an okay road trip with a two out of three in Boston. So no matter what, the Boston series is going to be absolutely huge. Imagine if the Royals somehow beat Jose Fernandez tomorrow night. Can you imagine? What if they actually get to 10 in a row? This is starting to feel eerily similar to 1994 when the Royals had that 14-game winning streak and were well on their way to the playoffs before the strike. You know, that you win a 10th in a row, you can start dreaming about that because then... Well, let's not talk about it. But even this weekend, then, I like how it stacks up with Duffy, Kennedy, and Ventura going in Boston. I like those three guys going against the Red Sox. Your three best pitchers. Like, you know, it's, it's like a playoff series. You're throwing your three best guys against Boston. So let's get one of these next two. Man, if they could win that game against Fernandez. I'm getting giddy just thinking about it. I'm sorry. They probably won't, but I'm just getting giddy if they do win that tomorrow night. Wow. Anyway, I'll be back again with you. Uh, be back on the, during the Yankees series on Clubhouse Conversation. I will be tweeting regularly with photos of Boston and give you thoughts and behind-the-scenes stuff while I'm at Fenway Park. So make sure you follow on Twitter. There will be plenty of updates. I'm not going completely MIA. At Royals Clubhouse. And then also Clubhouse Conversation on Facebook. Subscribe here through iTunes through the website clubhouseconversation.com, and we'll be back with you again during the Yankee series on the next dish here on Clubhouse Conversation. Hopefully the Royals will we'll know a lot more, obviously, after the next five games are played. Next time I talk to you, we'll know a lot more. So I look forward to catching up with you and talking more Royals on Clubhouse Conversation. Have a great night. Go Royals!